Hey, everybody, no more repeats. We're back live here on the Matt Townsend Show. It's 2013, a new year, and I know it's cliche to talk about changes and New Year's resolutions, but we're going to do it. We're going to dig deep into your motivations for change, what makes us form the bad habits to begin with, and what we can do about it. That's up next on the Matt Townsend Show. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. With the fiscal cliff behind us, Congress is now facing more budget fights as Republicans plan to use the president's request to raise the debt ceiling as a bartering chip to secure more significant spending cuts left out of the fiscal cliff deal. Following the deal, stocks are booming not only on Wall Street, but worldwide as well. The Dow is up 200 points today. Overall, U.S. markets rallied a full percentage point. New Jersey Governor Chris Christie is calling out Congress, saying their decision to drop a bill that would have provided aid for victims of Hurricane Sandy is disappointing and disgusting. After suffering a concussion and developing a blood clot in her head, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton has left the hospital with her family, according to a Reuters witness. Evidence against the Aurora, Colorado theater shooting suspect James Holmes will be made public next week for the first time at a trial where a judge will decide if there is significant evidence to try him for the crime. Crews of the tugboats who had to cut loose a shell oil rig which later slammed into the Alaska coast say the rig pulled their ships for nearly 10 miles before they were forced to cut their lines in near-hurricane conditions. American journalist James Foley was kidnapped by armed gunsmen on Thanksgiving Day and is still missing in Syria, according to a statement from his family. The family is trying to get whoever has Foley to contact them in order to arrange his release. Elsewhere in Syria, the civil war rages on more fiercely than ever, with U.N. observers upping the death toll to over 60,000. The same day, a regime airstrike killed 30 more civilians in a Damascus suburb. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to the Matt Townsend Show. I'm your host, Matt Townsend, your relationship coach, your guide on the side. What we do uh, on this show every Monday through Friday is give you the tools, the ideas, solutions to help you get a leg up in this crazy thing we call life. Welcome to the program, everybody. We've got a good show for you. This is the first show back after the holidays, and uh, we're all still recovering. We're yeah, hearing about and not everybody's books. back yet. Not everybody's back, but the you know we are, and Skyboy's gone, and that's why there's no music. Skyboy took all he the music. He took the beds. CDs with him yeah. when he left. For we only Christmas. have two CDs, and Skyboy, Skyboy stole our CDs. So I'm going to dig around here, though. Yeah, I'm going to find that because maybe there's other music you could get. Uh, anything but classical, please. Uh, but we're, we've been talking as we're back, trying to figure out, you know, how Christmas went for everybody. Uh, Catherine here, she read a lot of books, yeah, and she uh, got a lot of sleep. This is a perfect holiday. It just books doesn't seem <laughs> like did you did you do anything fun other than book reading, of course. Because sleeping, fun. but sleeping isn't fun for me. What? Because I'm asleep. Yeah, but then you dream. Do you not remember I don't your dream, dreams? No. Okay, I That's always my remember my dreams, so I love down. it. <laughs> you remember your dreams? Yeah, <gasps> you I really? went to New York last night. How was that? It was a lot of fun. Was it cold? 
Uh, no, because in my dream, I'm nice and warm. <laughs> yeah, isn't that weird? Have you ever been to New York? No, but I knew I was in New York. Did it? What did it smell like? Did it smell like New York? Could you uh, smell a falafel being uh, cooked on the street? I don't remember smelling anything necessarily, but it was a lot of fun. I was with like all of my friends. Could you I fly? Think we went up there for. I couldn't. I never fly in my dreams. Why? I don't know. Uh, I'm obviously not a happy person, right? No, if you were happy, you'd be flying. <laughs> now, that's funny. Do you have dreams, Rob? I don't remember any. Oh, of my yeah. Dreams. It usually involves work. Does it? And that's, that's so frustrating because I can't bill the hours that I'm dreaming, even though I put true. in the same amount of mental stress and See, frustration. I guess, well, I wonder what it means if I'm not dreaming. You're not sleeping enough. I always have to get at least eight hours to remember my dreams. I'm an uncertified oh. dream doctor in that I have an opinion on Let's hear it, stuff that I, I don't know dream. nothing about. It means that your dream is resolved. It had a happy closure, a bookend at the end to make you feel like you didn't need to continue to worry about it. Versus my dreams, which are very upsetting <sighs> yeah, and tiring and involve ridden. paying taxes and yeah, I've never had a tax car dream. insurance. That stuff, you wake up in the morning and it still upsets you. And so you remember it. Isn't that weird? But if you have a nice, okay, a nice happy dream, you went to Disneyland and had a good time. Yeah, and it has a nice closed I never, bookend. No, and no, never have anything. You, like don't, that. you don't have to remember your dream. I also don't get eight hours of sleep. Maybe that's the problem. That's my problem. I have to get at least eight hours before I'll remember my. Well, dreams. maybe that means you're oversleeping. I don't mind. It's the holiday. <laughs> maybe you're actually not dreaming. Maybe you're actually awake, but you're thinking like, "Hey, I better get out of bed and start going to New York or something." Hey, you know what? If that's what it takes, I'm totally fine. <laughs> so you you had dreams and books. What did you do for fun, Madison? Well, partied. <laughs> really? Yeah, I had a lot of fun with my friends. So really? It was a lot of fun. Which friends? Which group of friends was it? The younger friends or the older friends? What is that supposed to be? <laughs> I partied with my best friend, but she is older than me. How How old is she? Uh, she's 18. She's that, two months older than me. Oh, my gosh. How old <laughs> are you? She's 76. <laughs> she's 76, pushing 77. Uh, no. uh, so you just went and had some fun. Yeah. And that's it? D- did you have dreams? Because um, we're talking dreams. 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 Um, nope. Can't remember. Nope. You can't remember. Nope. <laughs> Catherine took you to uh, New York. Oh, yes. That one dream. That was that was a pretty cool dream. Mm-hmm. It's pretty cool. Saw the ball drop. Wish but I could, wait. Wish I could. Was that? No, that was a different dream. No, different dream. Her, she was doing accounting in New York. <laughs> I actually was. I was there for an accounting trip. <laughs> but that's I, a dream. I You're came in early. I came in a day early, and so I got to do a lot of fun things right before all the accounting stuff oh, hit. <laughs> word. You guys dreaming about work, and you guys I've give me a hard time. I've worked long enough that I don't want to even dream about it when I'm asleep. Um, Okay, anybody else do something? Fun? Now, I took my kids, and we went uh, south from Salt Lake City to a place called St. George, where it was still cold. And we saw some movies. I saw The Hobbit, Holy Cow, weird. <laughs> and I saw, uh, oh, I saw Parental Guidance, which was with Billy Crystal and Bette Midler. Very funny. And my other half of my family saw Les Mis. The Miserables. Mm. And I actually wanted to be in Les Mis, but somebody needed to take the youngsters. So I took the youngsters to uh, parental guidance, and they loved it. And that was fun. And um, we had a great Christmas. And I had some of the children that weren't overly happy. Mm. Okay? Santa kind of blew it. (laughs) Santa didn't buy what they wanted because it was way overpriced and out of Santa's budget. (sighs) And somebody didn't bother to tell him. 
So I had two children that weren't pleased. I have uh, the other children were very happy because they got phones. So I drove this four and a half, four hour drive, four and a half hour drive, and not one of my children spoke the entire time when we were driving. <laughs> Unhappy children. No, nope, it was some heaven. people might be grateful for that. No, no too, fighting, no too whining. Unhappy, so we put a movie on for them, and That's the rest so were just funny. really mad. No, they were happy too. I mean, they were happy because they had phones, but. That is so funny. Isn't that great? That just cracks me up for the kids, though. <laughs> oh, they, yeah, they were. Anyway, it's so, you know, you try. Yeah. But, I, you know, honestly, I'm glad it's all over. Because there's good. immense pressure. Mm-hmm. And I'm sick of the pressure. <laughs> so let's just get to our headlines. Every uh, day we like to get into the human headlines where we talk about the good, the bad, the ugly, the things that only humans do, the things that they do that make us be so proud of them, the things that embarrass us that make us all realize, boy, I, or hope we're not related to that person. So uh, anybody got some good headlines for us today? I've got one. So we're talking about fun things to do over the holidays. I'm not sure if this one's fun or crazy, but um, there's some people who got together to do... A polar bear plunge. And I know this goes over all over the nation. This makes no sense. I know. What'd they do that for? I don't know. But one woman in particular, she was actually celebrating her birthday on the day of the polar bear plunge, and she was turning 81. Oh, so this was, she was suicidal. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You don't, when you're 81 years old, you don't be jumping in cold water. Yeah. All I can say is that I've done swim team for pretty much my whole life. Yeah. And, you know, as soon they have like this little whiteboard where they put, you know, the current temperature of the pool, as soon as it dipped below 70 degrees, we're just like, man, it is freezing. We're going to die. People are going to die here. So, like, I don't, they want to do that? I don't like, get this. I don't get it. I mean, it's crazy. I, I, you jump in, your heart stops, you start squeaking, <laughs> and then you can't get out fast enough. What's the deal? You kind of make little noises inside like you're, oh, I'm going to die. Yeah, gurgling. It makes you feel alive, right? You know, when your heart stops and then it beats again. <laughs> you know, See, that's oh, the I'm caveat. still alive. <laughs> but you got to wait for that it's second. it's just that cold. When you're not sure if it's going to start beating again. Exactly. But people do this all over the country. And this was some cute little old lady jumps in a pond. Is that what the deal was? Um, in a river. Hmm. Yep. Freezing. Here in Utah. And it was snowing all week, so you know, it was nice and cold. You can do this anytime you want. Why ruin your new year? <laughs> why ruin your birthday? <laughs> yeah, no, why ruin but your I'm birthday? Sure, I'm sure it was year. great for her. And, you know, happy birthday to you getting 81 years old. Yeah, too bad you won't make it because of the pneumonia. <laughs> not to be rude, but just shooting straight. Oh, that would not be good. That's called the Polar Bear Express. What's that called? Oh, that's the movie. <laughs> The, the polar, the polar bear, bear plunge. plunge. Yeah. Okay. That's really low on my mark. Well, that's, that's a low mark. Speaking of other people that have, you know, lived to a, a pretty old age, um, apparently 50 years ago, there was this woman, she was recently widowed, and they got this girl's bike. And just as a gift, you know, to kind of help him go around. And she was like, oh, here, I'll give this to my boy because, you know, yeah. around his size. But, you know, he did not want well, to be seen. Yeah, you can't ride a girl's, a girl's bike. bike. No. So he told his mom that he lost it, but he actually put it in the tree, in, in a tree, like, you know, kind of set it up yeah. on a tree. Um, and so 50 years later, it's risen off the ground five feet. Wow. And it's completely, it's just like the tree totally like grew over yeah. it. It's kind of cool because it's you look at it. To the, it's a tribute to, to this boy's... Uh, rite of passage into manhood. <laughs> yeah, but oh, I see why he didn't want it. Yeah, that bike looks hammered. <laughs> but it's kind of cool because it's just like the front wheel; it's still out there. Like you can still spin. It's gr- literally growing out of the tree. Yeah, 
But I mean, it's kind of cool. Technically, it's... isn't the tree growing out of it because it was there first? The tree? No, the the bike. I think no, no, the tree. No, no. Was, I think the yeah, bike the was, there was there second, and then they like. <clears throat> I think he set it in the tree or something like that. He set it in the crux of the tree. Yeah. And up, up, and away it went. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, so about 50 years later, I think it's. And then his mom found it and she's like, Larry! Yeah. Get over here. But now she's like 99 and she found out what happened. Oh, so then he had to come clean. Yep. That's cool. That's cute. (laughs) See, isn't that? There there you go. You know, humans ruining the world. (laughs) No, it's. It's cool. It's art, you know. It is artsy now. I'm sure that it could be interpreted in some really cool, modern, artistic way. I doubt it. Could it's be a really tr- it's a it's a bike in a tree. What is that, <laughs> son? That's a bike in a tree, Dad. That's cute. Uh, that's a cool story. Uh, any good news from you, Roberto? May I complain about something that has nothing to do with polar bear plunges or the New Year yeah. or bikes and trees? I want to talk about sweeteners and soft drinks for a minute. Oh, boy. Here we go. I've been on a long, non-scientifically-backed crusade against corn syrups and high-fructose corn syrups. And I join a lot of very nosy mothers out there who would agree with me. That, yes. You know, Stay kid, away from the sweets. Kids shouldn't drink that. Adults shouldn't drink that, too. Yeah. Well, I now have some scientific backing. For the first time ever. Oh, my heavens. Science Daily mentions today. In the Journal of American Medicine, I believe. J-A-M-A. I forget what J-M-A. that stands for. But big academic journal says that they tracked what goes on in your brain when you drink glucose, yes. which is typical cane sugars. Yeah, you can't get Sweeteners that, that we used in this country a long time ago. And fructose, which is in corn syrup and high fructose corn syrup. And the buttons in your brain, the little parts that flash to tell you you're full, do flash with cane sugar, but don't flash oh, with corn syrup. So and this high is the source of feeling syrup. bloated and gross. So you remember a time when you go to McDonald's and you'd order a large? I mean, you probably have to go back to the 1980s, but you go back far enough, and the soft drink, you could reach your hand all the way around yeah. it. It was We had little manageable. hands back then. No, we had bigger hands back then. Our hands have shrunk. That's scientifically proven. And then I remember one day, probably about 1997, going to McDonald's and ordering a large. And they brought out this uh, popcorn tub. A dolly. You had to put it on a dolly. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I I didn't get popcorn. I wanted to drink. Oh, that is the drink. That is the drink. Here's the big straw. What changed? And I dare say. Hand size. Good old Journal of American Medicine that they may be heading down the road to explain why we can drink more soda now. Interesting. I don't know. It's pretty crazy. <sighs> You're depressing me. Because that, I don't know that I want the answer to that. I know. Speaking of soda, like what's to your left, Matt Man? Somebody brought me a beverage that's about to explode in the studio. <laughs> just kidding. Engineering, engineering will love <laughs> cleaning that up. It's for all you. sealed. No one has opened it. But it's just, uh, it's a diet beverage. Hey, I just, had, a, got I just had an epiphany. It. Why don't we sweeten our beverages with honey? That'd be pretty good. How much honey could you possibly drink before you get sick? That would limit your portions. Well, my son had a chocolate milk on the drive home from St. George, and he got sick. Yeah, I don't. So let's just give everyone chocolate milk. uh, Sweet, Mm, that's true. (laughs) I think it has something to do with he was in the back of the car and that we weren't circulating air very well. Mm, That Mm. would do it. It It's really rough. (laughs) 
<laughs> Nothing worse than when yeah, one gets weird flu in the back of the weird car. Weird odors going around in the back of the car. It all just starts happening. One by one, they start dropping off. Okay, I've got something for you. It's talking about smells. <laughs> dropping um, like flies. Dropping like flies. Okay, so let's say for Christmas, any of you get uh, uh, cologne or perfume? No. Yes. Always. Christmas is is the time to give perfume. You know, I just think it's a thing with girls. They're like, oh, oh, it's Christmas here. Friend gift. Yeah. Perfume. Well, I seriously have so many bottles of perfume and lotion that I Well, I've got use. some I bet you don't have, but I know you're wearing one of them because I can smell it. Oh, yeah. Um, it's O de Pizza Hut. You guessed it. How it, did you know? In the Week magazine, W-E-E-K, The Week magazine, they brought up seven fragrances you probably don't want to wear. These are actual perfumes or scents created by celebrities or organizations to uh, that are real true you know perfumes. For example, in August, Pizza Hut Canada dreamed an impossible dream, a fragrance that replicated the smell that wafts from an open box of fresh baked pizza. That's just wrong. You know, you could just buy the pizza and rub it behind your ears. Okay. You don't but you walk in a room oh. and you think what's oh. that? Oh they bring pizza to work today? Yeah. This is going to be the best day. Oh, it's oh, just Jennifer. It's just Madison. <laughs> Come on. Well, you know, I've heard that like women kind of go more like for food sense, like pumpkin spice, like that's supposed to help attract a man oh, in see, some way. That drives but me you know, crazy. pizza. But you better have pumpkin pie nearby <laughs> because otherwise they'd just be disappointed. And don't wear orange. Mm, yeah. Everyone's like, oh my heck, she smells like pumpkin. <laughs> um, and she dresses like one too. <laughs> Uh, here's another one. Tell me if you'd want this one, because I'd want this one. MacBook Pro Aromatherapy. What? Yeah, it's so when it opens up, it evokes the scent of the box, box's plastic wrap, the ink on its side, and the paper is, and plastic. Madison uh, is smelling her MacBook okay, Pro right now laptop to see if it down. Yeah, I was about to say, what does that smell like? I thought it didn't smell like anything. No, it smell, it, but it's the, it's the clean smell of, clean smell. of, of <laughs> aluminum. And, just, they just and the smell of boxes and plastic. Okay, I just just smelled mine. It does not smell like anything. No, <laughs> but you're, no, but it has to be brand new. Yours is used for four months. <laughs> yeah, that's why. See, yeah, um, you, it's kind of like a that. new car loses its scent. Your computer that's loses true. its scent once it's out of the box. Mm, anyway, okay. here's another one. This is one. I don't know. This one reminds me of Rob for some reason. Uh, the this is the Burger King's flame. Mm, so this I is the know. instead of the O to pizza, th- this is the uh, O to beef, the flame by BK they call it. It's the Whoppers. Uh, it's the smell of the meat scented body spray, which was sold in five milliliter bottles for. Isn't that just as bad as when you go up? Uh, you know, maybe you go out to the ocean or you go up a canyon. And you have, you know, sitting around a campfire on a yeah. cool autumn evening. Mm. And then you, you, you're driving home and you go, oh, man, I got to take a shower. This campfire smell. Blah. Yeah. Why would you buy money or spend well, money to buy? Who wouldn't want to smell like a Whopper? Well, who wants to smell like meat? Like What? That's really... Who doesn't want to smell like meat? Oh, apparently. Here's another one. Play-Doh cologne. Admit it, you love the salty crayon-y smell of Play-Doh as a kid. Oh. You probably wanted to take a bite out of it. Goo in a tube. Wouldn't that be good? Uh, I can handle that. How about uh, the smell of Stilton blue cheese? Mm. Explain. In 2006, the Stilton Cheesemaker Association created a fragrance called Eau de Stilton. Implausibly billing the scent as an imminently wearable perfume, the scent recreated the earthy and fruity aroma of blue cheese. 
Mm, I love blue cheese. I'm just gonna put my foot down. Man, no. Stacy, do you do you smell like blue cheese? Mmm, yum. <laughs> so weird. That's kind of gross. Okay, there's a better one. Here's the best one. You ready? This one I totally get. Circus perfume. Hmm. Who doesn't want to smell like the circus? Me. I three mean, of you. All three I, of you. <laughs> Perfumer Olivia Giacobetti. Giacobetti. Inspired by the circus, created a fragrance several years ago that includes all the distinguished fragrances of the wonderful universe, such as saddle leather, sawdust from the ring of a circus, and caramelized candy. Yes, your dreams can come true for $145 for a 100-milliliter bottle. You can smell like the elephants and sweaty clowns. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. All Mm. I can picture is the homeless guy pushing his shopping cart in front of the Circus Circus Casino (laughs) in fabulous downtown Well, tell me that doesn't... I just cannot... Hold on. Tell me your mouth's not watering. That is... For cotton candy. My mouth is not watering. like... (laughs) You just, you guys. It's you know the opposite. What? Like it's, you don't it's like bad. the, you don't like the circus. You're mm. anti-circites. Yep, because yeah, definitely anti-circus perfume. <sighs> what am I gonna do with you? Hey, by the way, have any of you had New Year's resolutions? Because when we come back, we're talking New Year's resolutions. I want to hear what yours are. We're gonna test them, see if they're if they're worthwhile, if they're good and decent. We're also gonna be bringing on an expert, who's gonna be helping us to figure out. Uh, you know, if our addictions are real addictions or if they're not, if they're curable, should we just give this up? You know, what should we be doing? We're talking New Year's resolutions, how to make them healthier, how to understand the things that may hold you back, the things that may make you uh, feel addicted or are addicted, right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. While sitting in heavy traffic, do you ever wish you could just drive over all the other cars? A company in China is looking at doing just that. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. The largest cities usually experience the most traffic congestion since there are simply many cars on the road. And with population booming, the roads just get more crowded. A company in China wants to solve this problem by putting even more people on the road, just without the cars that go with them. The idea is a large, sectional bus that can carry up to 1,200 people. This isn't your average bus. The vehicle has the advantage of riding over 7 feet above the ground and straddles two lanes of road, allowing passengers to literally ride over the rest of traffic. This bus system would operate a little like a subway, but developers say it would be less expensive to build and can be supplemented with solar power. Passengers will get on and off at raised platforms. And even while the bus is stopped at the platform to board and unload passengers, cars underneath can continue to drive without delay. That dream of riding above all that rush hour traffic may very well become a reality in the near future. Talk about taking the high road. For Innovation Now, this is Crystal Browning. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Thinking Aloud invites thoughtful thinkers and creators to share their insights into the ideas and art of the world around us. Whether it's music, medicine, sport, science, or literature, Brigham Young University scholars can share eye-opening ideas and stimulating conversation on all. 
Join our host, Marcus Smith, for discussion and exclusive interviews weekdays at 1.30 and 8.30 Eastern on Sirius XM 143, BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Rob Sanders is now on the board. Apparently, found, found a couple more the videos. Music. That's pretty good because uh, I was worried that Skyboy had uh, stolen them, which we'd have to deal with when he came back. No, it was operator error. Operator error. I just didn't know on what I was Sky doing. Boy. <laughs> we won't blame you, Rob, because you're here. Uh, so, New Year's resolutions. It's a new year, so what are we resolved to do? I'm resolved to be nicer to Skyboy. So that he won't take as long. You're just vacations. saying that because he's not here. Yeah, good point. <laughs> what I are know. you thinking? Well, you can't quite give Skyboy, you know, such a hard time because the Spurs did lose <laughs> that game. <laughs> I know we got to. He hasn't come back since the Spurs <laughs> lost to the Jazz. But we'll. That's true. We'll get him with that. One. <laughs> he's afraid to come back. I can tell. Uh, any New Year's resolutions? I'm going to lose. Um, I'm going to lose 30 pounds in 17 days. That's ambitious and probably unhealthy. Yeah. <laughs> but that's my resolution. Why not make it? I guess you still got to do it. You know, I guess you could do it with like liposuction, you know? Yeah. That, that would do it. No, I decided there's a, res- there's a recipe. There's a, um, what are they called? A diet that I'm going to do that's seven, lose the 17-day diet. Does it involve eating a lot of vegetables? Uh, probably. Okay. Then that, that might be it's okay. It's pretty much the typical diet, you know, moderation Exercise, you know, water. I heard that parasites could do the same thing. I no. have, I had, no, I had two parasites, <laughs> and oh. it worked like a charm. Ah. Slick and Slider, I named them because they did such a great job for me. <laughs> Rob, you look a little lightheaded. I, I, no, I, you don't like parasites? No. Okay, maybe I shouldn't have made that joke. <laughs> well, so you could have a New Year's resolution, Madison, to get some parasites. Oh, yeah. No. No. <laughs> okay, Rob's, Rob's still kind of grossed out. Hey, Rob, what are you, what's your New Year's resolution there? Somehow last year I put 36,000 miles on my car. Why don't you just resolve to stay home? Well, because that's boring. But I, 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 if I could it. pull it down to just an even 30,000 miles this wow. year, I think it would be You know what? Right. Yeah, you're moving too much. Yeah. You're just, you're on the go. You need he to stop that. his car. He, the problem is he's dating people all over the country. Constantly. Well, <laughs> you, you burn out one market, you got to move into the next one. <laughs> yeah, you, you're dating all these people on the East Coast. Try the West Coast. Oh, try Utah. Oh, Texas? I, that, <laughs> might, that might work. Rob, you're cute. Uh, what's your resolution, Catherine? I'm joining the millions who are going to run more. I've already started. I know you're a runner. So so far it's working really well, but I'm at least going to go once a week. I don't know once like I start my internship and things kind of go crazy, you know, getting home at like 10 o'clock at night if I'll be able to keep that up. But once a week I can do. Once a week is great. I could run once a week, but then my body suffers for like six more days. <laughs> so then I have to, so. I feel like I have to run more. Mm, you got to keep it up, right? Yep. Um, here's, here's the top 10 New Year's resolutions. See if you've got these. Spend more time with family and friends. That's always a good one. Fit in fitness. Get fit. There's your running. Tame the bulge. Over 66% of American adult Americans are considered overweight, apparently because of fructose. <laughs> well, it's, it's, it's a hidden problem that science is beginning to back me up on. <laughs> well, just don't tell the whole Midwestern America. I mean, what do they call it? Uh, the, 
the corn belt. We don't have to turn the corn into sugar. We can eat the corn. I'm all for eating corn on the cob. I love, I love corn on the cob. Delicious. Yeah, then it gets stuck in your teeth and the dentists make money. See, it's all a conspiracy. <laughs> uh, quit smoking. Uh, notice an addiction. This is why we're doing this. We Our guest coming up, Maurice Harker, is a LPC, a licensed practicing counselor. Um, he is uh, the director of life-changing services and the director of Sons of Helaman. He can help us break habits. He's an expert in in certain habits, and we're gonna we're gonna talk about those a little bit. But there's some other habits that we want some help with. Like some people apparently out there want help to quit smoking. Some want to enjoy life more. Some want to quit drinking. Notice a lot of these have the potential addictive side. Getting out of debt. Spenders. We'll have a story later about somebody that has to shop in order to feel better about themselves and to make it through the day. Uh, Some people have vowed this year to learn something new, which is why you'd listen to the Matt Townsend Show. Help others along the way and get organized, okay? Habits. (sighs) Seems like a lot of us want to break some habits. I don't know. Like Rob wants me to have a habit of being on time this year. Well, it's not, not going to happen. Just because the person waiting in the car, you know, is waiting for you to start the show. It's That's true. Know. Good point. All right. We're back with Maurice Harker right after this on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Make sure you follow BYU Radio on Twitter for live updates on sports, radio programs, and more. Then tweet us what your thoughts are as you listen to our programs. And don't forget to include us in your live tweeting of any BYU sporting events. Follow us at BYU Radio on Twitter. This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Finally passed one deal, now on to the next. With the fiscal cliff deal finally finished, lawmakers are already looking to the next big budget battle as Republicans prepare to use the threat of default as a bargaining chip to garner more spending cuts. In response to the fiscal cliff deal, Wall Street is booming. The Dow is up 200 points today and U.S. markets rose by a full percentage point. Worldwide, stock exchanges also saw a boost. New Jersey Governor Chris Christie is calling out Congress, saying their decision to drop a bill that would have provided aid for victims of Hurricane Sandy is, quote, disappointing and disgusting. After after suffering a concussion and developing a blood clot in her head, Secretary of State Hillary Clinton has left the hospital with her family and an aide. She has been taking calls and working during her treatment. Evidence against the Aurora, Colorado theater shooting suspect James Holmes will be made public next week for the first time at a trial where a judge will decide if there is sufficient evidence to try him for the crime. FBI background checks of people seeking to own firearms were up 39 percent last month, indicating that more people than ever are interested in buying a gun after the tragic Newtown, Connecticut shooting. American journalist James Foley was kidnapped by armed gunmen on Thanksgiving Day and is still missing in Syria, according to a statement from his family. The family is trying to get whoever has Foley to contact them in order to arrange for his release. 
Elsewhere in in Syria, the civil war rages on more fiercely than ever, with U.N. observers upping the death toll to over 60,000. The same day, a regime airstrike killed 30 more civilians in a Damascus suburb. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. Today we are talking about change. Most of you out there are making New Year's resolutions, and, uh, you know, it's a good time to do it. Some people are also saying, you know what, let's not make a New Year's resolution this year because we never seem to keep them. So why start now? Well, we're going to give you a leg up on this one, some tools, some ideas, um, and, and more importantly, maybe some of you are making a resolution where maybe what you need is more of an intervention, Okay, less of a resolution and more help from professionals. For example, if you are an alcoholic, maybe just making the New Year's resolution is great. But if you haven't decided, I mean, if you've tried to quit drinking for years, maybe you need more of an intervention because you have an addiction. So we're bringing on an expert in addiction, and and, and um, his name is Maurice Harker. Harker. Uh, he's an LPC. He's the director of Life Changing Services and also director of Sons of Helaman. He's a facilitator of the Worth Group and a consultant for the Daughters of Light program. Now, what he is basically is a clinical therapist who um, whose expertise is in sexual addiction and pornography usage and addiction. Is that right, Maurice? Yes. Welcome to the program. Good to have you here. Thank you. I've heard great stuff about the work you're doing and how many lives you're changing with it. Today, what we wanted to talk about is... Um, and we're going to bring Rob in, and not because it has anything to do with your normal topic. Yeah, I say, what an intro. Yeah, it's kind Jeez. of a hard <laughs> intro. But Rob, Rob, for Christmas, got a Netflix, um, what are they called? Netflix account. Account. He had he had, had one before. And it has 30 Rock. So he's he fell in love with a show never called got 30 a Rock. Have you never ever heard of 30 Rock? I know of it. It's it's a great show, I guess, according to Rob. No, it's really good. You'll, you'll laugh, you'll cry, it's really good. But Rob has figured out that... He's got a little problem when it comes to this Netflix thing. Well, you sit down and you, you watch an episode, and right away you think, well, I you know, can't just sit here. You don't just watch a movie. It, it's not good for my health to just sit there. You need, I, I some, need, I need, you something need fructose. To I need, need, yeah, I need a snack. Go get something to eat. <laughs> Bucket of fructose. So, you know, I went upstairs and found my Christmas collection. Stocky, yeah. Had a little bit of uh, beef jerky my brother had made me. I thought, all right, this will be perfect. So I sat down, watched his brother, 30 his brother's Rock a tanner. for an episode or two and was eating the beef jerky, and pretty soon it was gone. Yes. And the episode, it was a really good well, plot the, arc. Yeah. I needed to keep watching. Well, the episodes are 22 minutes. Yeah, you know, you figure. So, so I'll watch the third, third and fourth episode, and I noticed when the jerky was gone, that my dad left me his bag because he's on this health kick. And yeah, he so you doubled up on the jerky. It, so, so he's so dying. I kept he's slowly dying, Maurice. That was pretty good. By episode five or six, though, I, I needed something else. And I thought, <laughs> well, there's all these leftovers upstairs. And I hate to see. It's nothing worse than having to throw the leftovers out, you know. So I went up, got a little coleslaw. But coleslaw looks so lonely on the plate yeah, there. That, no, yeah, you need think, chicken. Yeah, you know, some leftover potatoes I put in the microwave with cheese. Oh, and Pretty good. Watched episodes uh, seven and eight and nine. And at that point, the food was gone. And 
felt like a cookie. So I went and got a cookie <laughs> in episodes 10. Luckily, it's Christmas. Yeah, well, by episodes 13 or 14, I was starting to kind of feel bored again, you know. So I actually, t- I actually turned the TV off and went out and did something. What wow. did you do? Went to Walmart and got a rotisserie chicken. <laughs> so I brought, I brought that back, and, you know, and I, I thought, well, I'm going to make a little salad out of it. And, yeah. You know, so I, I only ate half the chicken. As I watched no, we'll save some for tomorrow. Nineteen, twenty, and twenty-one, and and and, and then pretty soon it was time for bed. So I'm getting ready for bed. Yeah. And I'm watching this episode where uh, Tina Fey is sitting in her apartment on the show, <laughs> and it's four o'clock in the morning, and she's eating her night cheese. She's got this big old block of cheese, and she's slicing pieces yeah. of cheese off, and they don't explain why she's eating cheese at four o'clock in the morning. And I thought, you know, eating a little cheese—that sounds like a good idea. So I went upstairs and. Got some Did you have to go to Walmart and, to get some cheese? No, I had some upstairs. And, you know, then I began to wonder, okay, I've just spent the last 12 hours and about 6,000 calories <laughs> trying to fill some hole in my heart that I don't know what it is. Well, but that begins for the first time. I looked at when you write it down yeah. like that. What's you go, your that, New Year's that resolution, Rob? Um, I bet it involves cheese. Stop buying it? cheese. <laughs> How about get rid of Netflix, man? Whoever gave you that's trying to kill you. Six thousand calories a day, man. You're gonna well, die. now I have to go back to work. So that that took care of that. Well, but. Maurice, help us with this because all these people, we're all out there. We want to make changes. Uh, some are just you know very innocent changes, like Rob needs to make with the high caloric intake, but others are really addicted to something, right? So how do we know when it's when it's a real addiction? And when the New Year's resolution maybe might not be enough and we need kind of an intervention and get help or a plan or a program versus just, you know, it's just something we can deal with. What we've learned to do is um, separate people into four categories. Um, The first one are what we call the almost nevers. You know, um, there's very few behaviors that people just never, never, never do. You know, I would ask you the question – is this an almost never thing that you do, or is this something that you do like <laughs> the last yes. time? The last time I got an entire week off work was about two, two and a half years ago. So, so yeah. you're an almost never category. We and, don't, and that oh, was the danger. To the Left to my own devices, I'm eating six thousand calories a day. That's not good. Rob <laughs> usually almost never eats. If you're if you're um, if your significant misbehavior is almost never, we just smack you in the back of the head and say, "Get over it." Yeah, stop <laughs> it. That's your intervention. That's good. Then we have the second category called the um, casual drinkers or the experimenters, um, those people who um, have occasional misbehaviors or patterns of misbehavior, but they're really not dangerous yet. And, you know, as I was listening to the show before I came in, I, I feel like a, a gray cloud sometimes when I show up because <laughs> the ty- type of people I work with, in fact, I was listening to one of your shows um, from back in uh, February, and uh, they are talking about people having affairs and things like that. And most of the unfortunate misbehaviors I deal with are the kind that destroy families yeah. and destroy well, careers. You're, you're, yeah, porno- pornography addiction, sexual addictions, Correct. things like that. Yeah. And so, you know, when I'm talking to someone who has a occasional you know, New Year's Eve, uh, eat everything in the fridge and then some, that's not usually the person I see. Um, but the casual drinker, you know, there's also occasional misbehavior types of even with pornography and other things like that where they just sometimes do it, but they're yeah. not really classified as an addict yet. Right. So they're just – they dabble. Do they just dabble? Yeah. When they dabble, they go like 6,000 calories. Yeah. Well, not always. You got the some that are the five minute types and the other yeah. bingers. Yeah. And that's with alcohol, et cetera. But um So the almost nevers and then the sometimes. And the sometimes we call them the uh, casual drinkers or the um experimenters. Okay. Experimenters. And then you have the addicts. 
And we try to give uh, lots of layman terminology. Yeah, that's, um, I think, helpful. You know, there's all sorts of scientific explanations for an addiction. But when it comes to talking to layman, the way we describe it is if you have made a serious effort at least three times to, to overcome something that actually matters, yeah, that is like life-altering if you don't conquer it, like drinking and driving and running over small children, it's something you don't want to do very often. And so if it's a significant behavior that's life-threatening um, or your lifestyle-threatening and you've made promises and promises and promises three times, you're an yeah. addict. So that's beyond a resolution. Yeah. I mean, that's the beginning of, you can resolve to do it, but resolve to do it differently, right? Well, the brain's no longer working correctly. I had a car once when I was a, a few years ago, and, and it didn't matter how much willpower I had, how strong the motor was or how good the wheels are. If the clutch is slipping, if there's something wrong yeah. with the clutch, yeah. then there's no amount of strategy you're going to use right. that's going to overcome it. You've got to get a little more help. And I have... Uh, leaders in the community, ecclesiastical leaders will say, you know, just in like five minutes or less, tell me how to do brain surgery on this yeah. person I work with. And I'm all, wow, that's, well, that's start like, with I the, can't quite do that over the phone. Yeah, yeah. So there does come a time when it starts to threaten the ones you love, et cetera. It's really time to get some advanced training. And three times, that's kind of a great indicator. So if somebody's out there and, and they've said three times, okay, I'm going to quit drinking this year. Yeah. And they see that it's starting to impact their family, the thing they hold dear. Your spouse is starting to show concern, panic. Or police. If the police Police. are getting involved, you're starting Mm -hmm. to be impacted that way. Or your boss says, you know, we were reviewing your um, web searches the other day and we're going to – you're going to lose your job if you don't do something different. Yeah. And then the fourth category is former addicts. Oh, interesting. Those who've been addicts before, they've recovered or they've conquered it and now they're ready to move. They, They know the strategies to keep from slipping back into it. And they can succeed. Then it's just kind of the former addict. Once an addict, always an addict. Is that still the mantra? Um, it's a little too overkill. Is that? Um, once an addict, always be aware of the possibility. Yeah. But there's so many people that are experimenters, they could become addicts too. Yeah. So, so you it's know, kind of everybody needs to watch out. Which drink is going to turn you into an alcoholic? No That's one's right. ever been able to figure that out. So that's really that really is a, a great little model. If you're an almost never I guess make a New Year's resolution. That's, yeah, to that's stay a New away Year's resolution. It. Just fix it. Come on. If you're a sometimes casual experimenter, it gets dangerous because you don't know exactly which time. And because sexual addictions have, we've learned that there is chemical shifts in the brain mm-hmm. similar to what happens with alcohol. And which drink actually turns you into an alcoholic, we've never been able to figure out. There's so much genetic predisposition there. And so when people say, well, shouldn't a person be allowed some quality entertainment every once in a while? Yeah, what? Get off my back. Exactly. It's not like I'm killing small children. I only do this sometimes, right. You know, which time is actually going to turn them into an addict? You don't know. Then it starts to affect their marriage, the way they parent their children, the way they do their job. It affects all sorts of things. It seems like it's a similar path for any addiction, really, isn't it? I mean, because I guess some of it is your physical body in alcohol. I guess your physical body is craving the alcohol, but there's got to be a brain chemistry going on, like in pornography and other drugs. Um, I'm not a psychiatrist, so I can't name every chemical that's associated with the experience. But um, what happens in the brain when a person is sliding towards the the frontal lobe, I'll try not to be too scientific here, but the frontal lobe is where we hold all of our values, all the things we care about. I love my spouse. I want to be a good contributor to the community, et cetera. And then you have your animal brain that has some of its survival mechanisms in it. And and one of those survival mechanisms is emotional survival or distraction from reality. Right. And as the chemicals shift in the brain, it starts to shut down the frontal lobe. 
especially if there's an increase in emotional or physical or pain, mostly emotional pain. Like I don't know what to do with my stress. I don't know what to do with my my um, depression. I don't know what to do with my yeah. family dynamics. And if the person's losing their creative brain, which is right next to the values part of the brain, they just start going into a panic. I just need something to survive. Oh, and then they go back to the... Then there's a little filing cabinet um, sitting right there and some guy standing next to the filing cabinet who says, hey, I have a suggestion. Do that one thing. You know that one thing? That always seems to numb you. <laughs> it just does a great job and you're, I don't know, maybe. Isn't that interesting? And so uh, we call it meltdown of the brain as... We even use this little chemical scale we use to train people as their brain. Here's where I'm very clear in my mind, and here's where I'm drifting off course, yeah. and here's where I lose my mind. Are there triggers? I mean, that's one of the things I guess we'll come back to. I okay. guess there's triggers that might be leading us to this. Um, triggers is another overused term. Yeah. Um, one of my frustrations with my schooling was um, at the University of Utah, while they tried really hard, they wanted us to be very open-minded and explore all possible things that have something to do with, to affect the way the human brain works. But let's not pay attention to anything that, um, you know, in our culture, especially around here, we put a lot of emphasis on the possibility of spiritual elements affecting the way the human brain works. Right. And so one of the things I've been studying for some time, well, my own original goals were why do smart people do stupid things? Yeah. I mean, think of all the politicians that, and, and athletes the that have lost careers. Exactly. <laughs> all these big name people that are out there. You would think that they were whole life they're smart people, yeah. but you boil it down to more of the local community. You know, uh, you would think that based on um, pure science, that if the human brain, if you're smart, you have good values, you have a decent amount of self-discipline, you should that should be a guarantee that you'll never do something yeah, crazy. You'd think so, yeah. And I remember when I was listening to a piece of your show about the the Facebook affairs. Uh huh. Yeah. You know, and and what takes a person who's an upstanding member of the community with high values and gets them to drift that far off yeah. course? In the work that I've done, I've studied a great deal about what, you know, there's the thought part of it. Um, I could draw it for you, but um, let me. Yeah. And I can try to describe it. We use a quarter-shaped circle to describe the behavior, and level 10 is what we call the crash. That's when you actually misbehave. That's when you hit. I guess that's when, yeah, that's when the behavior starts to be seen, I That's guess. when you do something yeah. that you don't, uh, that doesn't agree with your value system. Uh-huh. Okay, we don't talk much about the five to ten range. That's just the falling yeah. stage. You'll notice it's shaped like the edge of a cliff or the whirlpool. Right. Level five is what we call the give up moment. We have other names for it. It's but this in is your head. You give up. You know, I just don't care anymore. Whatever. I don't care for right now. Mm. Level four. There's appropriate ways to say this. Um, we call it the irrational conversation. You know where this is headed? Yeah, I know. We probably should stop. Yeah. Okay, I will in a minute. Okay, ready, stop. Or I probably shouldn't eat this. Yeah. I've told myself I wouldn't eat it. It's the 15th time I've gone back upstairs. Yeah, we call it the I, irrational. I didn't want to eat an entire thing of jerky in Level hour. three is what we call, um, and this is a, you know, I've been studying female psychology for over 20 years now, and I'm still. Wow, we've got to figure out what you've learned. I am thrilled to be up to 10% comprehension. That's amazing. I'm excited. Um, I love that idea. In a man's brain, they do call this the trigger moment, but in the culture I tend to work with, we call this the dude moment. Really? Dude, I'm hungry. Dude, let's get something. What dude. is that like? That's like me just manning up myself. What no, is that? That's me? when the brain, it, the sensation of having an idea come to your mind oh, that not agrees it. with your value system. Oh, dude. Dude, let's go. Let's go. Uh, let's go eat something that's not on the schedule. Let's go at view midnight. some pornography. <laughs> dude, let's go have a drink. Yeah. Dude, let's yell at your wife. Yeah. Let's just buy one, dude. Dude, let's buy one. And so we call this the trigger moment. Interesting. Um, but the problem is that's what the scientists have nailed. But there's two or three stages before that. That yeah. 
that are the mental preparation? Because if you have a, a man who's really clear-headed on his game and he has an idea come to mind that's inappropriate, he's going to blow it off. Yeah. So that's something crazy. happens to the brain that massages it in preparation for that. Yeah. Ste- and then you finally start recognizing. So by the time you're recognizing it, it's like the train's already left. Yeah. It's like I use a, I love a, the Calvin and Hobbes cartoon. Yeah. And I love the, the, the wagon rides they take off the side of the mountain. Uh-huh. And, you know, uh, yeah. you know, if you're at level three and you're already halfway down the hill and you decide to put your feet out yeah. to slow it down, it's a little too late. It's way too late. And we're, taught, we're taught so much to watch your thoughts, watch your thoughts, yeah. watch your thoughts, watch your thoughts. And but it's, it's more than that. I mean, it, and, it's too late. And, well, the, yeah, the thoughts aren't actually registering. Is that your subconscious? Um, it's, if with training, you can notice it better yeah. and that's part of the training. But even then, if you're trained to notice it, you're still three stages too late. Yeah. And you've, and then there, then you got to overcome momentum, inertia. So history. we train people to catch it much earlier. Well, yeah, you might, you're already at the bar. Yeah. So you're level, already in the habit. Level two is the short name for it is feelings. Start to feel something. Which is a foreign language for most men. Yeah. I'll ask a guy to name his feelings and he'll go, what feelings? Jim and Jerry, <laughs> Stacy. <laughs> cool feelings like that. Most guys have what I call the eight-pack color crin box for uh, feelings, and women have the 164-pack. But they're so colorful. Oh, they are so colorful. Love it. Really What's hard to number keep up one? With. What's the first one? Number one is chemical shifts. So all of a sudden, the chemistry shifts. You start to have a feeling if you pay attention to it. Then you're the dude. What the heck am I thinking? So we have learned that we can train teenagers to recognize biochemical shifts in their body with a little bit of training. See, I think that's the key. They can feel Love that their idea. chemical shifts and their, and their feelings shift. Then they have their alarms go off here. Then the rest of our work is training them what to do when the alarm Love goes off. Love it. Okay. Protocols, basically. I mean, like what you're going to do once you start sensing the shift, huh? Yes. Okay. We're going to come back. We're talking with Maurice Harker, LPC. He's helping us figure out how to actually create change. This is more than just creating a New Year's resolution. This is actually changing some of the things that, are, that hold us bound, the, the addictions, just the thoughts, even the subtle things that we don't even know are happening before we get the thought to do something wrong. You listen to The Matt Townsend Show. We'll be back right here on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Going green sounds like a great idea, but we can't just unplug from the energy grid, right? Thanks to research originally geared to help humans live on Mars, we just might. This is Innovation Now. Imagine energy without the costs of transmission or distribution. A bloom box with roughly the same footprint as a parking space can generate and store enough power to supply up to 100 homes or a small office building day or night. The invention can use renewable or traditional fossil fuels. The concept was inspired when researchers at NASA and a team at University of Arizona were developing technologies that might help sustain human life during future Mars missions. There's no power grid on Mars, so scientists were looking for a way to generate power at the point of consumption. They came up with a machine that could produce air and fuel from electricity. Reverse the process and you get electricity from air and fuel. Bloom Energy's servers convert natural gas or other hydrocarbons into electricity to create power, pretty much on demand. And while you don't have to go to Mars to use a Bloom box, you don't have to connect it to your local electric power grid either. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA. 
Parenting can be a tricky business, and we all know families don't come with a handbook. That's why we can learn from world-traveling family coaches, the Ayers. Join the Ayers on the Road for family, parenting, and general life advice. Monday and Wednesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We are joined by Maurice Harker, who's an LPC Director of Life-Changing Services. He is an expert when it comes to change and creating change in our lives. Uh, he's a, a counselor that's worked with a lot of people, all forms of addiction. Mainly, he's a lot of his focus has been in people that are trying to deal with their pornography addiction, sexual addictions, and other patterns of sexual misbehavior. But uh, we're picking his brain to figure out if we're going to make a New Year's resolution work, we gotta. We can't just pretend like everything's just fixable with a resolution. There's a reason why people aren't making the changes. And some of it you're saying, too, is that we're not even aware of some of the stuff going on. Well, there's some um, some other things. Um, one of the other concepts I've been um, been struggling with for, for over two decades now um, a, a reoccurring theme in modern uh, psychology is the concept of negative self-talk. Okay, mm-hmm. um, if if we really think about um, what we are as people, what we are as entities, and if we believe some of the some of the um, uh, life philosophies that are commonly shared in our area that that we are by nature good, that we we are we are we try to do good. We try to whenever we pull out a Franklin planner, and I know you have a lot of history with uh, yeah. Franklin Covey stuff. When you pull out a Franklin planner, you put on there things that are good. Yeah. And what I'm trying to teach them, because a lot of people come to see me and they're sitting across from me on the couch the first time. They're going, I'm pathetic. I'm, I'm a waste of skin. Loser. I'm such yeah. a loser. I ruin everything I touch. Yeah. And I go, wait a minute. Let's take a look at this. When you pull out a planner, what's, which part of your life experience is you and what part of your life experience is an undesired outcome that you can't figure out yet? Yeah. And so when people talk about negative self-talk, I, I really want to jump on that one really fast because at this point in my profession, I don't have a lot of confidence in the concept of negative self-talk. Because the, but the ideas that are negative do come from somewhere. Right. And so, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, I, I'm going back to the University of Utah where they taught us to take everything into consideration, take every element of your existence into consideration. And in our culture, we believe that some of the ideas that come into your head are not your own. Yeah. And some of those really good ideas came from a really good source, okay? And some of the really not-so-good ideas might have come from a not-so-good source. The devil, the bad source. Right. And so we are still under the impression sometimes that we're dealing with an amateur at messing with the human mind. But what if this guy actually, with his 7,000 years of genius experience, actually can be a little more strategic with the human brain? Yeah. Let's take, for instance, you know— we, we, we talk to each other as if there's only the ability of, of such an entity to, to mess with, to give us suggestions or ideas. But what if he found a way to mess with brain chemistry? Oh, yeah. Okay. How scary would that be? Now, as I was trying to figure out how this all worked, I was having one of those fun days of driving home from school or, or work <laughs> or something like that. And as I'm bebopping along, I look in the rear view mirror and there's a policeman with his lights on. Yeah. He wasn't after you, though. Now, there's a – well – Sometimes, okay, but I'm not just trying every to time. Give you positive but, but self-talk. Even, <laughs> <laughs> I was trying to stick something in your brain to think it wasn't thank you, you. Thank you. But you were busted. Um, well, 
if you're a mega nerd like me, you study those micro moments of psychology. You just ask yourself, so what happens inside the human body in that very moment? Right, you freak out. Okay, there's a biological yeah, change in the body. Heart rate goes up. And if the cop does pull around you and does not pull you <laughs> over, got does, someone else. Does the feeling go away instantly that you experienced? No, it lingers. Yeah. Now, what's fascinating about that is, what if now look at it really close? What if there's a guy in the car with you from Africa? who's never seen a car or road or cop in his whole life, does he have the same reaction you mm. have? Why not? Because he's weird. <laughs> Is that why? Because he has a different paradigm. He has a different set of interpreting this emotional reaction. This tells us it's not actually the thought or the cop that causes the chemical yeah. reaction. It's the idea yeah. or the thought. Right. So what if that 7,000-year-old genius found a way to use specific thoughts to cause chemical reactions in the brain? Yeah. Then you're then you're stuck. And then if you go back to this chart here and you get pushed towards a level one on a chemical reaction, yeah. then you don't even know. And if you're a typical guy, guys don't tend to pay attention to their body chemistry. Well then we're already kind of going off. Yeah. And then we are and then we kind of go down that path that our brain has made there's of thinking. A, there's there is a spiral that's associated with this. Now it's quite fascinating. There's a really uh, and one more way to increase the value of women. Okay. Yeah. Because like women they need any more. Yeah. Well, they're already off the charts. Phenomenal. Totally. But um, there's something amazing that we've learned about women is they, from the time they were young teenagers, I have a ten year old daughter that's already starting to learn this and has a great tutor, my wife, and when she has chemical shifts, and her feelings start to get stronger than expected, then my wife walks her through what she's actually going through. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, that's not normal. She talks. They talk. Yeah. They kind of like. Hey, I notice you're upset. Yeah. Tell me what you're feeling. Now, and then we go explore that feeling. When a guy, when a man is having a level one or a level two experience, he may not be able to notice it, but either his mother or his wife will notice that he's having that shift. Yeah. How often do you have a woman say, um, what's wrong? Is there yeah. something wrong? Drives and the man crazy. goes, I know. <laughs> it drove me crazy for years. In fact, I still have a negative reaction to it to some degree. But I now have an alarm in my head that says, if she senses something's wrong oh, yeah, inside she's of me, reading, yeah. then maybe I'm at a level two right now and I'm not in a good place. Yeah. That makes me more Huge. susceptible to... That's emotional intelligence. Like they're, they're picking it up and even in, in a way you think about how safe that is. Yeah. That's such a safe... A safeguard. For her, because now all of a sudden she can try to stop that before we get too far down the spiral. Yeah, and it's, it's especially we train young women in the Daughters of Light program to be assertive enough to address it with their dating relationships. That's huge. No, that is big time. I call that getting real. Getting real is recognizing the emotion, exploring it, attending to what's really kind of going on, both conscious and subconscious. And then figure out a way to lift it or change it. And if, if you're a typical guy, this is a really hard process because it's not a normal to topic of conversation where a guy says, hey, I just had a slight yeah. brain chemistry change. How about you? Do you sense this is why there's more guys in prison? Oh, that's way out of my range of conversation. <laughs> I just came from prison. And um, <laughs> I know I really I did a speech there a while ago. And that's one of the things they talked about is the ability to manage those reactions are different. And they don't notice them as well or acutely and. Anyway, it pays. We're going to come back with Maurice Harker. He's walking us through, okay, your changes, your thinking, how we actually make a change stick. Part of this is you got to start noticing it much earlier than maybe we are. We'll take a break. We'll be back with more right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. KBYU FM HD2 Provo.
This is Sam McCall for Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. Finally passed one deal, now on to the next. The fiscal cliff is finally finished, and lawmakers are already looking to the next big budget battle as Republicans prepare to use the threat of default as a bargaining chip to garner more spending cuts. In response to the fiscal cliff deal, Wall Street is booming. The Dow is up 200 points today, and U.S. markets rose a full percentage point. Worldwide stock exchanges also saw a boost. Congress has made a U-turn on their decision to drop a bill that would have provided aid to Hurricane Sandy victims. Following harsh criticism from Republican leaders, House Speaker John Boehner is now clearing the way for the bill to pass by mid-month. While Secretary of State Hillary Clinton was able to leave the hospital today after her doctors discovered a blood clot in her head following a concussion, it was only for about an hour. She is back in the hospital with no official word on a release date. Evidence against the Aurora, Colorado theater shooting suspect James Holmes will be made public next week for the first time at a trial where a judge will decide if there is sufficient evidence to try him for the crime. FBI background checks of people seeking to own firearms were up 39 percent last month, indicating that more people than ever are interested in buying a gun after the tragic Newtown, Connecticut shooting. An American journalist is still missing after he was kidnapped at gunpoint on Thanksgiving Day in Syria. His family is still trying to get whoever is holding him to contact them to try and arrange for his release. Elsewhere in Syria, the civil war rages on more fiercely than ever, with UN observers upping the death toll to over 60,000 the same day a regime airstrike killed 30 more civilians at a gas station in a Damascus suburb. That's the news to now on Sirius XM 143 BYU Radio. I'm Sam McCall. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. We're giving you the leg up. I think we all need to figure out how to overcome some of our habits. Now, some of our habits are addictions. Some of them are just, uh, you know, some of us are just almost nevers, meaning we almost never have that problem except, you know, when they bring out the beef jerky and Netflix. That's Rob. And sometimes we have people that are we're dealing with that have actual full-on addictions and we've, uh, we're, we're sitting here with Maurice Harker, who's an LPC uh, director of the program Life Changing. It's, what's the name of the program? Sons of Helaman. Sons of Helaman. programs as well under Life Changing Services. But it's, it's really a, it's a needed, uh, needed skill set because everybody makes the New Year's resolution. And, that, and that's just kind of the general segue to this. Everybody wants to make a change. We just don't necessarily always know how, right? Let's um, let's bring on Catherine, our producer Catherine, and Catherine has an example of a friend, right, Catherine? Yeah. That probably was not an almost never. This was somebody that was like a full-on addict, had a problem. Yeah, probably. Um, I had a friend, and in high school, she lost her best friend. Her best friend died, and they shared a birthday, and now Mm. my friend doesn't celebrate her birthday. I mean, Mm. this was a major tragedy in her life, and she was in high school. Well, she turned—she loved to shop before then, so she turned to shopping to relieve her stress. So every day she'd get home from school, and she'd drive into the mall, and she'd go shopping. And her parents were— fairly wealthy and so she was able to buy whatever they wanted and well, they figured you know anybody. it's not harming anyone she's right. feeling better about life we'll just let her go so then um 
I met her a few years later when um, she was 21 and we were working together in Germany and um, she had this funny habit every single Monday she when we had some free time she wanted to go shopping and I was like this is odd you know I've <laughs> you know it's great European fashions once and, in a while but every single week we need to go to the three stores that are in our area and, and check them out and um, she, then she told me the story and it came to light. And she says, I know I need to stop, but this is just how I deal with stress. Uh, so would you call that? So she's probably got an addiction. It's, it's, it's one of those uh, questionable addictions because there's no direct um, chemical associated with shopping like there's with alcohol and other oh, drugs like that. And so there's, there are, there's something going on there that could be triggering, you know, pain relieving chemicals, some type of a thing that a person can. So I would put her right between. Kind of a sometimes. You know, uh, because she's experiencing some type of a chemical experience. There's a benefit to her. There's something going on inside chemically. Yeah. And so, you know, I want to tell a story that I tell on a regular basis that, you know, sometimes it's, it's almost more painful to be a loved one of someone having this type of experience. Yeah. Because you're just confused. You go, I don't understand. And you're wasting your time Why and your can't money. you just stop? Right. Why can't you just stop? I get a lot of people asking me to do a presentation called, Why Don't You Just Stop? And um, I tell a story, um, and this kind of leads into some of the things that we may talk about in a few minutes about what to do about it all. Yeah. And so it has a little military background to it. And I, and I go back to a, an ancient American um, set of uh, cultures where one's against the other and one's the good guys, one's the bad guys. Right. And I tell a story of uh, the, uh, the bad guys who decide it's time to attack one of the good guys' cities for whatever random reasons. And um, they lose the battle. And as they're retreating back to their camp um, – they're whining and complaining, bandaging their wounds, but swearing oaths that they will win next time, although next they have no idea how. Right. Now, if you can imagine a, a nerdy member of that community, <laughs> a guy with a pocket protector, thick glasses, yeah. and his loincloth hiked up to his ribcage, yeah. he comes running out of the forest and he approaches his captain and says, I just found this really cool plant. If we rub it in the water source of the Nephites, we could get them stoned. Interesting. And the leader of the, of the, of the, the bad guys says, I don't know what that means, but I don't have a better idea. Yeah. So they find the stream of water that runs down into this uh, the city, and they start rubbing this plant in the water, but not too much. We don't want them to notice it. In the meantime, the good guys are in their city doing their push-ups and their sit-ups and running laps and chucking spears at each other and getting all hot and sweaty yeah. and drinking the water. Okay? Yeah. Five days of this goes by. The bad guys decide to charge towards the city. The leader of the good guys sees them coming and tells his men to charge. He looks behind him and sees his men. Let's do this, They're boys. Bring it on. <laughs> Rock on, dude. And so he does his normal thing, and he tells his men, you need to fight harder. Yeah. And is that going to work? Nope. So he tells them to fight smarter. Everybody get a drink. Sit down. We got to talk. Sing a happy song? <laughs> yeah. Kumbaya. Now, how many times do you hear people telling their loved ones, you need to fight harder, you need to fight smarter, you need to sing a song? Right. And it's not working. No. And they come to me and they ask me, why isn't that working? And I say, it's because they're stoned. Yeah. But they don't use any substances where they're having some type of a chemical experience that's altering the correct functioning of their brain. Right. And as long as that's happening, there's no amount of cognitive strategy yeah. you can teach them. But we call it everything else. We call them weird, crazy. We call them addicted, freaks. Broken. Broken. Waste psycho, of time. Waste of time. Useless. We give them all these other names, but we fail to see that there's really some other element. To element. And so... Let's pretend Captain Rona was really paying attention into his um to his in his uh, chemistry class back in high school, and he remembers. Wait a minute. Sometimes there's actually a chemical that will neutralize another set of chemicals. Mm. 
What if instead of trying to fix it on the thought level yeah. or the feelings level, we actually train people to change their brain chemistry on purpose yeah. using very simple strategies? And so um, first becoming convinced that I'm having a chemical experience which is causing me to lose my mind. I can fight it on a behavioral level. I can fight it on a self-talk level. I can fight it on a thought-based level. But if I don't address... The root issue. The stuff that's in the water. Right. And if I don't get an antidote for that, I'm going to fall apart no yeah, matter right. what. Right. And so what we've learned is like, to, for the sake of a layman, imagine a bunch of little buckets inside of your head holding all these different chemicals. Hmm. Whole rows of them. you got your depression chemicals, your anxiety chemicals, your excitement chemicals, all these different yeah. chemicals. Well, there appears to be one set of chemicals that's reserved for extremely rare situations. And what I do in a, in a one-on-one session or even in a small group session is I ask permission, do you mind if I change your brain chemistry? And the people go, uh, uh, uh okay. Is it going to cost me? <laughs> is it going to cost me? And so I says, just going to tinker with your brain a little bit. You've got a, at least one teenage daughter as oh, far yeah. as I know about yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Girl. Now, do you mind if I mess with your brain chemistry for no, a second, Matt? please do. <laughs> I need a fix right now. I'm going to do a really small version okay. of this so we don't cause havoc here. Because if I fall asleep, this is going to be a big problem. No, no. There's, it's the opposite. Okay. Okay? I want you to imagine that you were supposed to pick your daughter up from some after-school high school event Ugh. and you forgot. She's in college, by the way. Okay. But I forgot her all the time. <laughs> <laughs> we could even use that one. Let's say she's off at college. Yeah. And she invites you to come spend an evening with her because she's bored and has no roommates that are going to stick right. around. And you want to have a daddy-daughter bonding time. And as you pull up to her house and you walk towards the front door, you notice the door's already six inches open. Oh, she's welcoming me in. As you put your hand on the front door, you hear her screaming. Ooh. As you okay. open the door, you see a guy in a ski mask throwing your daughter to the ground. What action do you take? Ooh. You run, take off down towards him. Okay. Now, usually I go farther in detail, but can you notice your chest yeah. and your shoulders right now? Uh-huh. You just experienced And the... it's warmer in here. I think Rob yeah, turned it, the heat up. Yeah, a little bit. You just ex- Now, here's another interesting question I ask people. What if he's bigger than you? Does it matter? No, I call my wife. She'll school him. <laughs> I'll just call her. Get in here. This guy's huge. No, but I'd go. You'd still go after him. You got, would I mean, you, when yeah. would you stop? Uh, probably when I had his tongue. Yeah. So <laughs> what know, you experienced is a, is a brain chemical shift that we call warrior chemistry. Hmm. And what's fascinating is this set of chemicals actually neutralizes the chemicals associated with addiction. Oh, because it's a threat. Like a threat. It's attacking it instead of waiting for it to attack you. Excellent. Because a person who has this chemical reaction that you just experienced, if you put pornography in front of them, they wouldn't look at it. Right. If you put a drink in front of them, they wouldn't look at it. It's not even in, it's not even in their It's not even close. Realm. If they have a, a shopping problem or something like that and they understand what's happening to mm-hmm. their mind. Because women, when I'm working with a woman specifically, I teach her to separate her brain into two pieces. The child that was injured yeah. and the mother bear. Yeah. And these unfortunate thoughts usually are directed towards the weakest part of our brain. Mm-hmm. And so once the woman, the mother bear side of the brain says, are you, why do you always go to the weakest part of me? You know what? That kind of yeah. makes me, that, the child in me. I says, if someone talked like this to one of your children, and that, that creates a chemical reaction right there. Well, that's interesting because don't some people, like if you catch an addict doing mm-hmm. something and you start pushing on the addict, sometimes they do turn into the mama bear or they turn angry. Well, the addict... Yeah, the addict turns angry. So they're actually using the chemistry anyway. I guess is that just no, a reaction? No, it's a different set of chemicals because they're okay. fighting against someone who loves them instead of fighting against the problem. That's right. So is the, I guess there's not a downside to turning 
the addictive tendency into the fight tendency. If it's fighting the correct direction. Yeah, if it's fighting the right issue. We call it protective anger instead of destructive anger. Because if you start to fight with family members, yeah. that's kind of what the whole 7,000-year-old genius idea is to ruin the whole family dynamic. Right, right. And so, but if it, if it empowers someone to fight for the protection of their loved ones. So let's take a, a for instance, you have, a, you have an alcoholic, if you will, and he's, he's already thought this all through and he's already created a plan for himself and he, and he gets the discernment to necessary to feel his chemicals shifting and his feelings getting out of whack. Right. And his alarm goes off. With training, he can learn to trigger the warrior chemistry and go, no, we're not, no, we're not going there this time. Yeah. I am not going to do what it takes to ruin my marriage. I'm not going to mess that up. I've done too much before. The problem right now is the normal or the uh, the frequent response is, well, there I go again having one of those thoughts that makes yeah, me pathetic. Here we go. And then, we, yeah, we fall into loser mode. Loser mode, which is the exact opposite chemistry yeah. of what you're looking for. Right. And in, in our book, Like Dragons, Did They Fight?, we're specifically focusing on the sensation of fighting with ferocity. I love that idea. Because, and you're literally – and what it gives you, which it seems like so many would love to do in this addictive state, is instead of just building a story, you're actually changing an emotion. Yeah. I mean so, – and the emotion precedes the stories anyway. So mm-hmm. you're actually – you're combating it with something. It gives you something to do. Because of something. this, Because of this entire process, the one to three process is so fast. I was – I'm not a major baseball fan, but I was listening to the um, – to the World Series, yeah. and because I'm a psychologically weird person, I was analyzing how many thought occur uh, when a person's deciding whether or not to swing a bat. Oh man, can you imagine? Yeah, and, no, yeah, no, 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 ah, jeez, yeah. what an idiot! That was such a good story. And uh, the calculations. Yeah. I'm a, I minored in math and the the all the statistical evaluations, yeah, et cetera, et cetera. And you think about quarterbacks with footballs, the Super Bowls coming up, and yeah. you go, how what? How many thoughts does a quarterback have to have? And just because I'm not a quarterback, does that mean I have less thoughts per second than he does? Well, and are they thoughts? I mean, are they just um, they sensations? Like, nope, nope, nope. I believe I mean, that the like, brain can process ideas just as fast as a computer can. Yeah. We just don't have the language to keep up right. with it. Yeah. And so there's the thoughts you can actually pay attention to and the mm-hmm. thoughts that are occurring under the surface. Right. And if those thoughts – we already know that seeing a cop in the rearview mirror is going to cause a chemical reaction. If you're having 300 thoughts in three seconds and each one of those triggers a little bit of a chemical reaction, you can be drifting down here faster than <laughs> yeah. you expect. Oh, yeah. Does it matter when you, when you start to re-engage or turn it to another emotion? I mean it seems like this could even be done after you've blown it to, yes. to start to catch – catch the idea that, okay, I'm not going to play the martyr here. I'm not going to be the victim. I'm not the bad guy that's, I'm not going there. Yeah. I just, and then turn it to the It's quite vital. When we, when I, when I have an appointment with someone who has had a lost battle, that's the term we use for it is lost battle. Um, The first question we have is when you lost, what technique did the enemy use to defeat you? We want them thinking athletically and militarily because you're not the one that self-initiates this. Yeah. You're not the one who says, I think I'll go ruin my day. That's what I want to do today. <laughs> That's what I want. Let's pull out my Franklin Planner. I was going to go eat jerky and watch and Netflix in square, all In square uh, uh, two, quadrant two, yeah. I'm putting pornography viewing. Right. I mean, yeah, we're not making it's, a plan. It's neither urgent, but it is important. Right. Yeah, nobody yeah. does that. It's just a reaction. Nobody puts that in that square. Yeah. And so the, the process of – so we take um, – Military and athletic strategies to get the brain to repeat over and over and over again your path uh-huh. that you're going to use to keep from losing that battle. Yeah, that's huge. And if you only have a behavioral plan, it won't work. Mm-hmm. 
If you only have a words plan, it won't work. Yeah. It must include all five stages yeah. for you to win the battle. It reminds me of like the special ops. I have a lot of clients that are special ops you enthusiasts. Know, in, well, and they're like bad to the bone. And like you, I, I had one. I said, you could kill me with. You could kill me with like two fingers, couldn't you? No, with one hand. He says, dude, I could kill you with one finger. I'm like, wow. But um, these guys have been so well trained that they don't feel what you feel the way you feel it in certain situations because the protocol. That's why going to some of these paradigms is so powerful because you're if you engage a protocol that they're used to, then they can actually mitigate, I guess, being overwhelmed or flooded with certain feelings. And it's 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 um, we do a lot of training on noticing pre-sexual feelings, pre-addictive feelings, like with the woman that we were talking to about yeah. her shopping. Yeah, we teach her. Okay, put an alarm on the feeling that gives you the desire to go shop, not the desire itself, but what empty spot is yeah. there? Now, what do you need to do quicker, 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 quicker to respond to it? And you know, it would be nice if a person, and going back to these three categories, if a person can do that from home. With their own piece of paper and Franklin Planner and yeah. first things first Think and all that stuff. And if they can set up a system that actually works, then they probably fit in one of the two top categories. Yeah. But if you've tried it three times and it's not working, you have got to get training. You're missing. Well, and how can you fix something you're not even aware? You can't tell it's so happening. So what you do is you go to behavior. Like, I'm going to stop doing yeah. that. I got people say, all I need to do is just put a better password on my computer yeah. And I'm all, good luck with that. Okay, yeah. That's not going to work. Well, you, gonna... Are you the one putting the password on the computer? Well, even yeah, if they you're do, you're going to work your way around Once it, right. they get stoned, yeah, and once the chemistry they're going to fall apart. I, see, to me, that's, that's a huge answer on any addiction. Yeah. And you do this, you do this um, primarily with people that have sexual addiction, pornography addictions. And, but I guess you could do this with pretty much anything we want to change. You can. Um, in the book, Like Dragons, Did They Fight? Lots of people are finding it to be used for just um, helps them with their dieting plans. I need that. Helps them with way. their exercising plans. Does it work in 17 days? Because I'm doing a 17-day I heard diet. about your 17-day plan. I think it's really cool. I think it would be really cool if I could get back down to level one and start noticing the And uh, noticing feelings. why you even want uh-huh. to not be out of shape. Why I want a fried cheese curd. <laughs> I just want to know that. It's just a simple thing. It's not that big of a deal, but it's fried. Now, we don't have time to cover everything. And so um, in my blog, um, uh, Memoirs of an LDS Therapist, um, I have covered lots of these different topics. I tend to be a sporadic writer. I'm all over the place with my different topics. We talk about... There's a diagnosis for that if you wanted to know. uh, My attention deficit disorder. Memoirs of an LDS. Of an LDS Therapist. Or you can put my name in Google and it'll pop right up. Um, and Maurice Harker, Maurice, M-A-U-R-I-C-E-H-A-R-K-E-R. Correct. Uh, you can put those in. But in the blog, you give more ideas, more tools. Yeah. And we talk a lot about, um, you know, a lot of readers are the wives of people uh-huh. going through this and the mothers of people going through this. And they're so scared and clueless and they don't know what to do. Yeah. So our worth group is trained for women who've gone through that. And yeah, now we now great. have that available online. One of the things we've been trying to do, we have our in-person training sessions, um, Sons of Helaman, um, where they we get them together and teach them how to fight this stuff in teams. And then those who can't get to that, our Sons of Mosiah program is for is online. It's for the long-distance people who want to um, reach or that can't. We got people from South Africa, um, oh, um, all over the world who are accessing that. Well, it's a universal issue, right? I mean, it's this is human place. nature. And so, and you got to find. We don't want to. I mean, it's, it's like eating disorders. You don't. We don't kill sexuality. No. 
that's not the goal. Um, we use the analogy, especially for marriages. The woman wants you to have a big horse, a big, yeah. strong horse, sex energy. Yeah. But she doesn't want to ride on a horse with a guy who lets go of the reins and starts screaming all the yeah, time. Yeah, you want it in control, right? Right. Yeah. Women or otherwise love, you're unpredictable and you're unsafe and it's unhealthy. They love a man who can stop on a dime, turn left, turn right, yeah. make it go control. fast, make it go slow. So the goal is not to kill the passion. The goal is to bridle the passion. Love that. That's the perfect metaphor, really. And they can they can get the book, Like Dragons, Did They Fight? Where do they get the book? Um, if you go to our website, you can order it. Um, I even thought of uh, letting people call in, and we could even send out the first three callers. We'll send them a book or something like that. Well, there you have it. We could have you call. So if you're out there listening, 801-422-0143, 801-422-0143. First three callers will give you a copy of Maurice Harker's book, Like Dragons, Did They Fight? And um, really good stuff. I really appreciate you coming, and we're going to have to have you back to pick your brain some more. Whatever you want. Good stuff. And again, you can also reach him at um, Memoirs of an LDS, Memoirs of of an LDS yeah. therapist. And there's a web or there's an email address there that they can contact me at. Yeah, and they and, can make comments on the different because you really you work with some pretty high you know, highly visible people that are struggling and you, you know how to do your stuff. So that's a huge, huge endorsement. Uh, Maurice W. Harker, appreciate you being with us. Good stuff. And for those out there listening, remember, you got to go a little deeper than just uh, the surface level. It's not just about changing behaviors always. Sometimes you got to get back to your feelings and even deeper, get back to what, Maurice? What's the number one again? The chemistry, body chemistry yeah. and the brain start chemistry. Start recognizing that there's something else driving this. Yeah, and because uh, we men are not known for our ability to recognize our chemical shifts, it takes a, a lot of discernment training yeah. to first, okay, there's your thoughts. Most of them can, with a little practice, recognize their thought triggers, then their feeling triggers, and then Love their it. chemical shifts. Well, and that's too why there's a huge benefit to having a woman in our life that is watching us closely. We call that the creepy guy detector. When a woman can tell you're being creepy. No, but you know what? It's totally real. My wife said, that guy's creepy. That guy's creepy. And I, whenever she says that, I'm like, listen to her. Listen Last to her. time we got taken listen advantage of. Yeah. Good stuff. Maurice Harker. Okay. Again, you can check him out at uh, LDS. No, hold on. Let me find it. My mem- mem- memoirs of an LDS therapist.com or just dot or, or, yeah. Oh, is it dot org? Oh, it's a blogspot.com. Oh, blogspot.com. Yeah, just Google, Google it and you'll find it. Yep. And then just or just Google Maurice Harker. Yeah, he's your man. Good stuff. Okay, Uh, we'll be back. We're going to take a break here again. If you want a copy of Maurice's book, like dragons, did they fight? Text us uh, or or email or what are we doing? Calling. (laughs) We're doing calls, Rob. We're actually taking calls, Calls, not texts, not emails. Zero one four three eight zero one four two two zero one four three. You're listening to the Matt Townsend Show right here on Sirius XM one forty three BYU Radio. Buckle up, it's going to be a bumpy ride, are not the words you want to hear from the pilot of your next flight. But thanks to new technology, you might not have to. This is Innovation Now, bringing you stories of revolutionary ideas, emerging technologies, and the people behind the concepts that shape the future. From broken wings to broken bones, turbulence is a leading cause of injury in the airline industry. Two new technologies developed by NASA and Aerotech Research in Virginia are helping turning rough turbulence into smooth sailing. The first, called Enhanced Turbulence Mode Radar, or E-TURB, is software in an aircraft's radar that detects turbulence before the plane encounters it. E-TURB gives the flight crew advanced warning, providing them time to get out of harm's way. 
or at least prepare for it by stowing loose equipment and having passengers and crews safely seated and belted in. The second technology is called TAPS. This software program automatically reports turbulence encounters and broadcasts the data to the ground and other aircraft so other planes can steer clear of hazardous areas. A turbulent free plane ride? Well, that's certainly something that I can be on board with. For Innovation Now, this is Crystal Browning. Innovation Now is produced by the National Institute of Aerospace through collaboration with NASA and is distributed by WHRV. Visit us online at innovationnow.us. Are there some global issues you wish you could know more about or could get an inside perspective on? Notes from the Kennedy Center presents lectures and seminars from international diplomats and scholars discussing issues and events from all over the world. Become a more informed global citizen and tune into Notes from the Kennedy Center weekdays at 2 p.m. Eastern here on Sirius XM. 143 BYU Radio. Welcome back, everybody, to the Matt Townsend Show. And uh, we're talking about New Year's resolutions, and we've also just had a big discussion about addictions and what really constitutes an addiction. And we're, we're here with uh, Maurice Harker. But we also wanted to get into, there's some addictions that you wouldn't think are real addictions. but uh, And maybe some of them are just new ways of, you know, not taking responsibility. So we had Madison Alfredo uh, do a little research for us here. Now, Madison, what are some of these funny addictions? And we'll let Maurice kind of uh, go off and see what he thinks as an expert of addiction. Oh, just as far as addictions go? Yeah. What are the funny ones? Okay. Well, the funny ones, there was someone, or someone, there was one that was really interesting. I'm snorting baby powder. (laughs) Oh, see, that definitely goes back to a childhood issue. Yeah. I'm saying is, that one, apparently there's a TV show on um, TLC called My Strange Addiction. Oh, wow. It's been running three seasons. I've seen that. They eat towels and... Yeah, really weird and... stuff. See, but I think that's that might that's something else. That's a yeah, that's not anywhere close I to I think they I just with. are low in talc. <laughs> <laughs> they need more talc. <laughs> that's funny. But that definitely goes back to a diaper changing moment. <laughs> Maybe they had a very special bonding experience with, with their, their nanny one when they <laughs> nanny. when they had their diaper changed. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, I know it's weird. And then another one is just eating cheesy potatoes. Mm. Well, that's not it. I don't see that as funeral a weird potatoes. Or... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, if, if, you, if you go to funerals to get the funeral potatoes, <laughs> I know that's weird. <laughs> but if it's just you like cheesy potato, I don't see that's. I think that's heavenly. Uh, yeah. Um... Don't tell Rob that, or he'll want to do it when he's watching Netflix. <laughs> so I know that it's kind of you know typical for guys to be obsessed with their cars. Yes. But there is a guy who has a full blown relationship. Is wow. he dating his car? Uh. Yes. Wow. Really? Is his he... name Robert Sanders? No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Because Rob no. loves his car. 39,000 miles <laughs> of love. Yeah. So I, I don't even believe you should name the car because you get sentimentally attached to the car, and one wow. day you have to sell it or junk yeah, it. Yeah, or she gets T-boned. So you don't even give it a name. She gets T-boned. Yeah. That's, yeah. Uh, so this guy was in love with his car? Uh, yes. But that, I, again, I, I kind of see that's normal. <laughs> I just it's so funny today my son dropped his golf clubs he didn't he put the golf clubs up against the wall and they fell 
on my car and Ooh. scratched my door. And you beat him? Well, <laughs> he was gone. But uh, today yeah. we're going to have a little talking to. Just wait till he gets home. No. He, he harmed my car. <laughs> I think that fits in fetish as opposed to addiction. That would be, that's an unhealthy <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, this guy with the car, it's definitely a fetish. <laughs> what, what else? Uh, what are some other interesting addictions? You know, I've heard of people, you know, being addicted to tanning. You know, yeah. some people are just really into that. Um, Farmville. Okay, that <laughs> drives me crazy. <laughs> it's a person that doesn't even... They they want a fake farm so that they can feel stress and anxiety. Well, there's 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 some interesting chemical reactions associated with those those games. Um, you got there's two major themes specifically to to masculine video games, um, and they they attach to two words that we might have heard a lot in our culture: the provide and protect words. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, even the preside word. Oh, interesting. And you know the human brain. Um, we we have learned that. We experience happy chemicals in a healthy way whenever we act upon any of those three words. So that's that's the ladies out there on Farmville connected to Facebook. They're nurturing. They're nurturing. They're also they're you know they're bringing in the berries. They're out there harvesting yeah. and interesting. Yeah. Good stuff. Well, folks, there you have it. Uh, your challenge. You know, we don't want to discourage you from doing New Year's resolutions. Go for it, but make sure you do it properly. Go a little deeper than just changing behavior. It's not probably going to work unless you know if if you don't have an addiction, you just go go tr- go fix it. Go try it again. Appreciate you listening to us. We'll be back tomorrow with more great ideas and tools for you and your relationships. Right here on the Matt Townsend Show on Sirius XM One Forty Three BYU Radio.